right, ladies and gentlemen, get your jujubes and popcorn out. And if you haven't had breakfast yet, <laughs> whip up a snack and join us for Bloodlines. Good day, Michael. How are you doing today? I'm doing very good here yeah. in uh, here in Sweden. It's start to get to autumn, but it's uh, it's right. very good. And about you? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm doing very good. Uh, the weather has cooled off, Arkansas. We've had like two months of like 90 to 100 degree weather every day, every day, right? It's been incredibly hot. But now, yeah, this is good weather. Uh, autumn is one of my favorite times of year. So, but I don't have to rake, I don't have to rake leaves anymore because I don't live in Chicago anymore. That was always a pain, raking leaves in the city of Chicago, <laughs> right? So yeah, I had a corner lot, which means tons of leaves, right? Bagging it and throwing it out in the alley. A lot of work, a lot of work. But I don't have to do that anymore, not here in Arkansas, where they have very little leaf raking that has to be done. But here we're going to talk about the two seeds of Genesis 3.15. And I don't know if you're, uh, the PDF you have has the author as Charles Lee Mange or Dan Gaiman. Well, what was the one that, that you linked? Did this give Dan yeah. Gaiman? Charles Lee Mang. Charles okay. Lee Mang. Yeah, that was yeah. a pseudonym that Dan Gaiman used for, for this issue. I don't know if this is the first issue or the later one, but obviously Dan Gaiman took a lot of heat for publishing this document. And it's it's a, it's something that a continuation of Bertrand Compare, Dr. Wesley Swift, Pastor Butler of Aryan Nations, all these people taught to seed line. And because it's the truth, <laughs> it is the truth. So let's get into it. Let me scroll down here. There's several blank pages. There's a forward. Uh, does your copy have a forward also? Um, yes, it has yes. a forward and a prelude. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, go, go ahead. Uh, read from the forward. You know, it's an 81-page document, so I don't know if we're gonna go through the whole thing, but uh, we'll definitely do several episodes of this document. Okay, over to you, Michael. Thank you. So, and I can also say that this um, this document I also read on my on my channel, so I read it there as well. So that's why I gave it to you, Eli, so we can make some comments on it, because I thought it was a, yeah. a very good document. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Okay, this book is written in the faith that the remnant of the covenant family of Christian people will see the light of Genesis 3.15. By faith, we proceed with the belief that the living church of Jesus Christ in this earth will see that Genesis 3.15 is the key that unlocks the meaning of the Holy Scriptures. Genesis to Revelation, amen, that's the key, (laughs) Genesis 3.15. Well, it's the very first, yeah, it's the first prophecy of the Bible, it, it tells about the enmity between the two seed lines, the one from Cain and the one from Adam and Eve through Seth. Okay, back to you. Yes, so uh, any effort to evade, suppress, ignore, or diminish the truth of Genesis 3.15 can result only in the further loss and decline of Christian civilization in our Western world. You may think that you know your Bible. You may pride yourself in having read and studied the Bible and even cloak yourself in great um, 
accolades received from the Bible Institute of this world. But until you have um, confronted the truth of Genesis 3.15, you can never understand the Bible. Very good. I mean, uh, well said. I don't think see how you can say it any better, although there's a typo here. Cloak is spelled C-L-O-K-E. It should be C-L-O-A-K, right? Uh, and accolades, yeah, I mean, well, the, the churches give the, each other accolades to the ex- extent that they ignore Genesis 3.15. <laughs> and that is also true of the non-seed line identians uh, in the world. They want to avoid Genesis 3.15 because it suggests that Eve had a sexual liaison with Nachash, which produced Cain, and they don't want to admit that. <laughs> they don't want to admit that. But that's their problem. Over to you. Back to you. Yes. So the the denominational church world has spiritualized the literal truth of Genesis 3.15. Moreover, most Bible scholars who pride themselves in having um, divorced themselves from the denominational dogmas of the church would not touch the reality of Genesis 3.15. Yeah, and that is true. We have many people that that said, oh, why don't uh, they are, as I said, they are, they go away from, from this denominational churches and the dogmas. Right. They think they're free thinkers, but they don't touch Genesis 3.15. They right. still have this love, love, love. They don't, yeah, right. they don't look into Genesis 3.15. Well, yeah, it's a hot potato. And it's such a hot potato that you have to wear baking gloves, right? Those gloves you put on to slide the, uh, uh, you know, bakery goods out of the oven, right? That's how hot this potato is, okay? It's very hot. All right, back to you. Yes, so until we're ready to examine the awesome fact that Almighty God, in the consequence of sin's entry into the world, places hatred, enmity, between two opposing seed lines of literal people, in this earth we can never come to the knowledge of the truth from the beginning with the fall of adam into sin and the bondage of death two opposing seed lines had been operating in history Uh, the seed of the serpent constitute a literal flesh and blood people who are determined to claim the domination um, of this earth to the glory of satan and in and and um, shrinements of everything that is anti-Christian in thought, word, and deed. This is the left side of Genesis 3.15. Opposing the left side of Genesis 3.15 is the seed of the woman, or the race of Adam, out of which sprang Jesus Christ as evidence in St. Matthew 1.1. And a commentary, Eli, they all always refer to, to Satan and to yeah the Jewish people as the left side in the Bible, and we on the right side, and that is also if you look in politics, their communist dogma is ultra left. Right. Yeah. So they have they have themselves placed them in that category too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's <laughs> it's it's one of those things where because the Jews are the Jews know that they are that seed line on of the left side, right? And because the churches have been so corrupted by Judaism that they don't dare go there. They absolutely do. We have 501c3 here in America, which is a corporate status. All of the churches, with the exception of most identity churches, are 501c3, which means they have to 
abide by the IRS code, and they cannot criticize the Jews. If they if they're a five hundred one c three corporation, they cannot criticize the Jews. Otherwise, they would lose their tax exempt status. Okay, I don't know if you have anything similar in Sweden. Uh, it's part of the the church is more part is a governmental. Oh, okay, it's part of the government. Yeah, so, so if the government says don't teach two seed line, they don't teach two seed line, right? Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All, all right. Very good. So here is more more strictly stirring by that way, in that it is governmental entity. So the government is the sh- they yeah. is like the church, but we know that is a lie. That right. the government, the yeah. satanic government, is yeah. is something Jesus Christ or Yeshua Messiah will endorse. Amen. Well, well, we, we do have separation of church and state in America, but that's not the language of the Constitution. The language of the Constitution says that government shall not interfere in our in matters of religion. Okay, it's a one way. We have the exact opposite here in America. It's telling people the government shall not interfere in our religion. Where everywhere Amen. else, government does interfere with religion. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, so we cannot teach truth. It's just this mumbo-jumbo that is taught today in the the churches. Yes. Um, Okay, let's continue. So, today, our world is divided between the left and the right side of Genesis 3.15. There is no neutral ground. If you are not for Jesus Christ and standing on the right side of Genesis 3.15, you are on the side of Satan and his minions. Amen. Jesus said you are either for me or... Or against me. <laughs> you cannot be neutral. Right? There's no neutrality. You'll get run over by fate, by by history, by the Jewish war machine. Right? You can't be neutral. No way. All right. Yes. And there's thousands of ways of Satan, but it's only one narrow, narrow way that leads to salvation and to, to the kingdom. Right. I, I think that Jewish woman, uh, what's her name? Uh, she put it best. You can avoid you can avoid politics, but politics. Yeah, you, you can try to avoid politics, but politics will, will will not avoid you. Right. OK. There's no way they'll catch up with you because they will not leave you alone. There's exactly. no way. Yeah. That seed line will not leave you alone. They're parasites, and parasites need to feed off of you. All right. Yes. So it's going to be fun. Okay. The Bible provides no middle ground for anyone. You either stand to the right of Genesis three fifteen, uh, on the side of the children of the kingdom, the children of light, the true seed line of Adam, Shem, Eber, and Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Israel. Now identified in the Anglo-Saxon, Germanic, Scandinavian. Um, Slavonic people of the Western world, or you stand on the left side of Genesis 3.15, on the side of Satan and the Antichrist minions that have gathered there at uh, this consummation of the ages. There is no place for lukewarm people. There can be no fence riders in the present conflict between good and evil, right and wrong, between the kingdom of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of Satan. Right, yeah, the Rolling Stones did a song called I'm Just Sitting on the Fence. And it goes, I'm just sitting on the fence. You can say I've got no sense, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> yeah, well, that's what this is. If you're sitting on the fence, you got no sense because sooner that uh, that picket fence is going to skewer your bottom, <laughs> right? You're better off on one side or the other. All right, back to you. Yes, take a stand. Yeah, take a stand, right? Uh, the seed of the woman constitutes a physical genetic race of people, beginning with Adam, continuing to interpose flawed history with Shem, Eber, Hebrews, and then Israel, a people descending from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Israel. The seed of the woman, standing on the right side of Genesis 3.15, is represented among the Christian nations of the Western world in uh, contemporary history. The left side of the Genesis 3.15 is represented by those people who had been fighting against Jesus Christ, against Christian liberty and everything that has or ever was Christian in this earth for the past 6,000 years. Yep. So today, this conflict between the two opposing factions of Genesis 3.15 is reaching uh, the grand uh, final of the ages. The children of the, of the kingdom, uh, the children of light, are opposed at every hand by the children of Satan, or the enemies of God, who stand to the left side of Genesis 3.15. It is imperative to note that Jesus Christ places this hatred, enmity, between these two seed lines, and no amount of false love and misplaced pity will ever alter that fact. Yeah. These uh, this age-old warfare will never be ended until the second coming of Jesus Christ, when the head of this serpent race is crushed beneath the feet of Jesus Christ and the body of this serpent then dies. Um, Christian will erase this line of enmity between these two opposing seed lines, do so at the peril of their own lives and those of their children. We are rapidly approaching the harvest time of history, Matthew 13, Verse 30, and the end of this age is approaching. In this uh, consummation of the ages, that age-old conflict will be resolved in a total victory for Jesus Christ, his kingdom, people, and for his glorious government that will fill the face of this, this earth. So who wrote this, uh, Dan Gaiman or Dr. Wesley Swift? <laughs> right? This is 100% two seed line doctrine to the core. Excellent teaching. Okay, yeah, please continue. Yes, and this is the, this is the real, uh, they talk about red pills. This is right. the true red pill to swallow. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. No, it's a it big pill. It's a big pill. It takes up your whole throat. <laughs> That's why it's so hard. To, you have to chew on it for a while, right? Yeah, it should be what a, a gummy a gummy chewy pill, right? <laughs> it's too big to swallow in one whole gulp. All right, back to you. Yes, and it requires a strong mind also oh, to yeah. comprehend this stuff. Right, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay, so our mighty God has never called a truth in this age-old warfare. Never has God at any oh, time yeah. commanded his children standing to the right of Genesis 3.15 to surrender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, but, but that, the churches have surrendered. Yeah, yeah they have totally. surrendered by that, the 90% of the, this pathetic white race. Right. 
Now, don't be so hard on, <laughs> on your race. But it's true. It's because, as you, you Swedes say, they're blue-eyed, which means gullible. Okay, our people are gullible. And because, well, we've had false priests occupying the pulpits now for well over 100 years teaching the doctrine of C.I. Schofield and the Rothschilds, okay? And this is deliberate action on their part. This is, this is the great delusion of Second Thessalonians chapter 2 that Paul predicted that the, the errors of the churches are primarily based on this false teaching that the Jews are God's chosen people rather than the seed of the devil. All right, back to you. Yeah, and that has created a lot of calamities, a lot of confusion among our people that they believe that Jews are God's chosen people. And if you just mention they are Jewish and people will look at you very, very strange. Yeah, yeah. like you belong in an asylum or something. <laughs> no, yeah, they the, yeah, yeah. the asylum is is the world. We're the only sane ones. All right. Please continue. Oh, oh yeah. Uh-huh. Um, uh, the living church of Jesus Christ is to remain faithful to the truth of the Bible and to stand upon the true word of God throughout all of time. We are locked in a worldwide conflict for the souls of Adam man, for the real estate of this earth and the further rights to this planet. Jesus Christ has com- commissioned his church to stand and has promised that the gates of hell cannot prevail against his church. Let us on Matthew 16, verses 18. Yes. For yes. too many generations, our Christian people have failed to see the right and the left side of Genesis 3.15. They have forgotten that the enmity pronounced by Almighty God between the kingdom of Satan and his um, progeny and the kingdom of Jesus Christ and his children would last onto the uh, consummation of this age. Yep, we can't wait for it to end. We cannot wait for this age to end. But we're still here. Yeah, it's a, it's a, what do you say, it's a, bit, a trial. This is a, oh. is a past or, or failed test. And this is a constant trial. Yeah. And when you swallow this, this pill... It's it's getting it's in the world. It doesn't get easier anyway. Yeah. Well, again, again, speaking of hot, it's the refiner's fire. Okay. When uh, when a metallurgist, or what, what do you call those people who uh, work in a foundry? <laughs> when the metallurgist heats the silver, it uh, it uh, the dross goes away. It, it uh, forms to the top and they they skim that off to purify the silver that's what's happening to us we're being purified by yahweh until we get it right and it's a painful process there's a lot of heat like shadrach meshach and abednego we're inside that 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 furnace right Uh, but fortunately they weren't they weren't uh, destroyed by that they came out uh, fine and that's that's how we have to approach this we're in the fiery furnace of lies and deceit, treachery, uh, staged warfare, fake diseases, fake politics, fake this, fake that. We have to be able to understand, see through all the fakeitude and learn the truth. 
That's what this is all about. And that's why it's such a difficult process. Oh, it's like it's compared to a painful birth, right? We have to come out of this evil world through a very painful birth process, and that's what's happening to us. All right, back to you. Yeah, it's the birth pain of the kingdom. That's right. Um, Fine how the great truth of Genesis 3.15 has been turned into a fairy tale <laughs> by the preachers of this day. Oh, yeah, it has. Right, right. They don't want to touch this subject. Either they know or they are ignorant. I don't know yes. what of them. But um, Fine that literal people are being labeled and defined by Almighty God in Genesis 3.15. Discover for yourself the great truth regarding the progeny of the serpent and the progeny of the woman. Learn the truth. Arm yourself with the truth of the Bible. Take your stand on the right side of Genesis 3.15. Claim your inheritance as the covenant family of the living God, as the literal and genetic Genetic. seed of the woman, descending through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob Israel, Claim your inheritance in Jesus Christ and the Bible. Then draw that line. There is a line drawn between the children of Lucifer, the serpent or Satan, and the children of God. There is a difference between the offsprings or progeny of Satan and the children of Jesus Christ. You need to know that difference. Amen. And it's more than just hook noses. <laughs> right? That's just the obvious. Of course. But with interbreeding with us, a lot of their hook noses have, have come a little straighter. But still, the, uh, it, the intermarriage between us and the Jews causes our people to suffer, suffer tremendously. We have to stop doing that. Okay. Back to you. Yes. Uh, may the grace of Jesus Christ and the love of God and the uh, communion of the Holy Spirit give you spiritual eyes to see and spiritual ears to hear what the literal truth of Genesis 3.15 is all about. When you see this truth, your Bible will be a new book and your life will never be the same again. When you see this great truth, you will stand with the remnant of the women's seed. Revelations 12, verses 17, who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. This remnant is numbered in this generation in every country of the Western Israelite world. Thank and praise Jesus Christ for the light that you now see. Then, quickly, while there is time, witness this truth to other might see this great light. Right. Well, I love the urgency of the writing here. I mean, uh, I can see him at the pulpit. (laughs) This is fire and brimstone, folks. You don't get much fire and brimstone anymore. All right. Uh, I'll take chapter one, okay? Uh, This is the prelude. Did you say you have a preface? Or no? uh, Did you say prelude? No, a prelude. Prelude. Okay. Uh, So Genesis 3.15. Yeah. Okay. So that's chapter one in my version here. And I'll pick it up from here. And uh, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It, and as her seed, shall bruise thy head. Because Yahweh is speaking to Nachash here, a fallen angel. And thou shalt bruise his heel. 
and the word thou, he's, again, he's speaking to Nakash, and the word his is a mistranslation. It should be its because it's it's generic. It's the generic heel of all Israel. The uh, I have a concordance. I, I can't remember the name of the concordance, but it states very plainly that when the King James Version was written, there was no neuter pronoun such as its. Okay, so that's why it uh, it has his instead of its. That has been corrected in later volumes to, because it is a neuter. You know, because it's referring to both male and female here. It's talking about the seed line, male and female seed line of Adam and Eve. Okay, that's what it's talking about. Not just talking about Jesus Christ, the one individual. Okay. So it's it's talking about the whole seed line. It's not just talking about the culmination of the seed line in Yahshua Messiah. All right? And so the, this word his has misled theologians not understanding that it's really a neuter pronoun, not a masculine pronoun. Okay? You understand what I'm saying here? Uh yeah. Michael? Yeah. Okay. This has also fooled a lot of people. As you said, they say his heel. They're yeah. always referring it to just yeah. Yahshua Messiah, but this is the heel of our people, of the Israelite people. That's correct. Yes. It's a metaphorical heel. <laughs> right? All right. So, but the seed is literal. Okay. It's the heel of our people. You know, the, this is why we have to understand that the serpent is biting at our heels. This isn't bite at the heel of Messiah. It's been biting at our heel throughout history. Okay, because these people are snakes who who hide behind rocks, hide behind lies, and bite our heels whenever they get a chance. Okay, so let's continue. Dear Christian friend, you are now about to explore the greatest question in the Holy Bible. Genesis 3.15 is probably the single most important verse in the Holy Scriptures. This verse and the implications therein are the central seed plot of the Bible. Whatever you do with this verse will determine what you do with the remaining of Scripture. This verse is the key that turns the lock on the door to God's Word. What you do with the word seed in this verse will determine, and also the word his, will determine what you do with the uh, remaining of the Bible. Failure to establish yourself upon the solid interpretation of the, of the verse can only lead to total blindness and confusion in the remainder of the Bible. All right, so I would say, Michael, that one of the problems, if you don't understand Genesis 3.15, and you don't understand that the Jews are the product, uh, that, that, they, that their genetics includes the bloodline of not just Cain, but his father, Nachash, you would get a false impression that Jews can be converted. Yeah, but that is also this uh, misconception that many people, and also someone that is wise to the Jewish plot, but they say, oh, but they are good Jews too. And they always want to go to that. But hey, come on, Satan is not good. You cannot convert Satan. There is no good Satan. (laughs) That's correct. Satan must be destroyed. And his people must be destroyed. That's what the Bible says, folks. I don't care what the churches teach. That's what the Bible says. All right? So let's get back into it. 
Okay, this is good stuff, folks. All right. Okay. It is therefore imperative that you unlock the meaning of this verse. Ministers of denominational churchianity will take great care to talk about the verses preceding and following this verse, but will avoid this verse like the plague. They most frequently resort to spiritualizing of the two seeds of Genesis 3.15, and in doing so, blind themselves to the remaining of the Bible. It is your duty as a covenant Israelite, as a student of the word of God, Yahweh, to take part in this important verse, or take take it apart, for it is the key to the grand truth of the holy and sacred scriptures. In order for you to understand the seed plot of the Holy Bible, it is necessary that you understand the fall of the archangel, now called Satan, the serpent, the dragon, or the devil. He is described as the star that fell from heaven unto the earth, Revelation 9.1, or as Abaddon or Apollyon, Revelation 9.11. In Luke 10.18, Yahshua Messiah declared, I behold Satan as lightning falling from heaven, unquote. In Ezekiel 28.11-19, we have an account of how this archangel was created and was the anointed cherub that covereth until the day that iniquity was found in him. So here again, we have, uh, and, and we, I did a show about this uh, verse a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago. And here again, the Judeo churches try to figure, to, uh, metaphorize, for lack of a better term, uh, this language. You know, well, this, this is just a metaphor for saying that. Uh, so, some earthly king fell from power. No, no. This is this is Lucifer, the arch archangel, the cherub, the anointed cherub that covereth, as he's described. That is could could the king of Tyre or the king of Babylon be described as anointed cherub? No. 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 Uh, I don't think so. So the, the, those lines are inserted. Into the into the Bible for a reason, and it's not just metaphorical, <laughs> because we've had literal pain and suffering as a result of these people since since they were, you know, illegitimately created th- through miscegenation in Genesis three fifteen. That's what the point is here, folks. Okay, so let's continue. This archangel had been in Eden. The Garden of God, Ezekiel 28.13. So, Michael, is this metaphorical language that the king of Tyre was metaphorically in Eden? Or no, but I'm just curious. How, how did the church explain this? Or did they just ignore this one? Because it's, it said it's been in Eden. Yeah, right. It, so Eden must be a metaphor for, let's see, this is uh, Ezekiel uh, which kingdom is he talking about? I think he's talking about Tyre. He's either talking about Tyre or Babylon. I forget which one. Okay. So in order to avoid talking about the literal seed line, they have to say, well, it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor for an earthly kingdom. All right. And this is what uh, Sheldon Emery does. He, he says, oh, it's got to be a metaphor. It can't be taken literally. Okay. And that's what the churches do. All right. So let's continue. So, uh, in Ezekiel, uh, yeah, he was in the garden of God, Ezekiel twenty-eight thirteen, 
And St. Paul describes Satan as an angel of light. Well, I suppose the king of Tyre could be described as an angel of light, but not accurately, right? Second Corinthians 11.14 Satan, the fallen archangel, had sought to usurp the very throne of Yahweh, Isaiah 14.12-14, and through pride had vaunted himself against Almighty God, his creator. Now, could it be said of the king of Tyre that he was trying to dethrone the creator? Uh, no, I have a hard time to say that. No, no, he, he was just establishing a, a commercial empire. That's all he was doing. He had no intention of trying to dethrone God. Only the Jews try to do that, right? Okay. All right. So let's continue. The created archangel had sought to make an assault into the being of God. That is correct. That is absolutely 100% true. The created, the created sought to become the uncreated Yahweh. Satan, oh, uh, he does use the word Yahweh here. Very good. Satan, before his fall, had been the anointed cherub in charge of this earth. That is correct. As he sought to become equal with Yahweh, having been created in the order of angels, Satan made his way into heaven, began his assault against the throne of God. Well, he was already in heaven because he was sitting at the left hand of Yahweh. Correct? Is Michael? Yeah. Isn't, isn't, he was sitting at the left hand of Yahweh. Yes. Yash. Okay. So it's, it's always the left side that's evil. <laughs> Hoax there. Left wing, right? Right wing, left wing is always the evil wing. As he yep. sought to... Yeah, go ahead. No, man, there's also the interesting that the Jews also identify themselves at it. So they they are like proud of it. So they don't they don't hide it if, no, you, they if don't. you care to look. Yes, yeah. They are the left-wingers par excellence, okay? So let's continue. Satan, before his fall, had been the anointed cherub in charge of this earth. He sought to become equal with Yahweh, having been created in the order of angels. Satan made his way into heaven, or was actually began in heaven, Lucifer did anyway, began his assault against the throne of God and made war with Michael and the good angels. There are other evil angels, not just Satan. Okay, and this war, it was described in Revelation 12, verses 7 through 29. As Satan assaulted the throne of God, he drew one-third of the angelic host with him, Revelation 12.4. By the way, folks, Adam, Seth, and Enoch composed the very first zodiac, and that very first zodiac, which is called a Maseroth in Hebrew, depicts the dragon in the sky taking up one-third of the zodiac. That is a depiction of Revelation 12. Verses 7 through 29. One third of the sky is taken, taken up by the dragon. Okay? And Draco, it's called in the zodiac. As Satan assaulted the throne of God, he drew one third of the angelic host with him. Revelation 12 4. These angelic beings followed Lucifer and openly assaulted Yahweh under the leadership of Satan, their chief captain. In this war of the heavens, over the very throne of Yahweh, Satan and his angels were defeated by Michael and his angels, and Satan and his angels were cast into the earth. That's why this planet is such a hellish place, right? That's why it's such yeah. a hellish place. 
Okay. Now, I'm not sure which document. It, maybe somebody in the chat room has. Uh, I think it's the Book of Adam and Eve, where it says quite literally, quite plainly, that the angels that rebelled refused to accept the dominion of Adam. The dominion of Adam and Eve, of the Adamic species, is firmly declared in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to, I think it's 31, the, the last few verses of Genesis 1. The dominion of Adam and Eve. Now, what most people don't realize is that that Lucifer, who was given a chance to rule over this planet with justice, failed to do so. And so Adam was supposed to displace Lucifer here on planet Earth. But Satan would not accept dominion by an earthling. <laughs> Even if that earthling was given divine powers by Yahweh in Genesis 2-7, when Yahweh breathed the breath of life into Adam and Eve. Okay, So Lucifer could not conceive of having to bow to Adam. Just as the Jews refused to bow to Yahshua Messiah and refused to bow to us. But what does it say? In Revelation 2.9 and 3.9. Well, actually, what does it say in Revelation 3.9? Let me bring it up here because this is another important verse, just as important as Genesis 3.15. So let me go there real quick. Revelation 3.9, which says, of course, the whole Bible is addressed to Israel, not Jews, and it says, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Judah and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee, Israel. So it's telling us that these Jews are going to worship us. They're going to come to our feet and worship us. But that still won't get him into the kingdom, Michael. <laughs> that still won't get him into the kingdom. But he's going to extract from them some humility before he destroys them. Praise Yahweh. All right, Michael, you want to pick it up from there? Yes. And now let's see where you um, You were done oh. with... Um, with well, me... um, Michael and his angel and Satan and his angel were cast into the earth. You're right. Yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, yeah, and that also we should be aware of, as you said, it wasn't only uh, Satan that was cast down, also his angels. That's why yes. those angels can also take in the body to be in the bodies of uh, of evil people, so they could be those fallen angels. Right. Exactly, exactly. This is why our people have to avoid addictive drugs, including alcohol, avoid addiction, because... These spirits, these demonic spirits are looking for people to, to, here, let's put it this way. All demons want to have, possess a nice, juicy, wet, warm body, right? Okay. And they'll, they'll, they'll scour the earth to find such a person, right? But unless Israelites are get involved in some form of addiction, these demons cannot inhabit your body. Right, they will they will just flee from you. You know, as James said, rebuke the devil and he will flee from you. Okay, but if you get involved in cocaine or methamphetamine or become an alcoholic, then you open yourself up to demonic possession. 
Okay. Yes, and that is right. also why you have people. Sometimes you meet, you see people. They cannot stand you. They they have such a hard time with you. So right. that could be oh, their yeah. demons cannot stand us. Yeah, I never thought of that. That's a good idea. Well, yeah, because I remember when I was uh, riding from my home on the north side of Chicago to my classes downtown at the University of Illinois, Chicago Circle, it's like people avoided me, <laughs> right? It's just, there was something about my aura that you know, they flee, they fled from my aura. I said, is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with them, <laughs> right? Okay. And uh, I didn't really understand it then because I was still a college student, right? But I knew that uh, I was already beginning to understand that I was an Israelite and those people were clueless, right? So, the, and that's why, now that I think back on it, good point, Michael, very good point. Yeah, they shall be our yeah. footstool. Thank you, JT. Yeah, and this is something that also maybe when you're young and you don't understand it, then you go, what, what's wrong with me? Why? Yeah. And you yeah. get a bit, um, but then when you, um, as I said, when you, when you see that in that light, then you, yeah, to understand yeah. because our spirit is upsetting their demons. That's right. There you go. And look at the world. It's virtually everybody is addicted to something or other, right? Uh, not just illegal drugs. It's legal drugs. They're just as bad as illegal drugs, right? Look, look at the, uh, uh, you know, the uh, what was that in Ohio? What was it? Fentanyl, I think it was. Opioids, anyway. Yeah. The opioid crisis. Well, they were getting addicted legally by doctors. The doctors were killing them, knowingly killing them. And the Jewish-owned drug company, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the drug company right now, uh, had an advertising campaign that, no, our drugs aren't deadly. Yeah, they're safe. They're safe. And well, then they knew that their drugs was killing people. And that drug company was owned by four Jewish brothers. Okay, that's you know, that's more than enough proof to tell you that Jews are the children of Satan to do things like that. All right, back to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And killing that is okay. Yeah, we read of fallen angels who left their first estate, Jude six, and Second Peter's two form. And Hebrews 2 2 in Genesis 6 verses 1 to 10. Under the name of sons of God, sons of heaven, or the fallen angels. These fallen angels, leaving their first estate, went into rebellion against God and following their expulsion from heaven along with their captain and leader, Satan. They sought to cohabit with the daughters of men, Adamites, who were fair that is, of the white Adamic women, produced out of kind beings called giants or ne nephilims. Right. Read appendix number 25 in the uh, Companion Bible for complete details. This bastard seed line means that God's law of kind after his kind had been broken. The evil progeny of the fallen angels and the daughters of Adam brought on the flood as a judgment of God, uh, the flood was judgment upon the Nephilim and the deliverance of Noah. This study of uh, angelology 
is critical to understanding the early chapters of Genesis, and it is vital to the proper study of God's word, Genesis to Revelation. As an archangel before his fall, Satan had been lifted up in pride because he did not want to recognize that Jesus Christ, the lost Adam, was his superior both in time and in eternity. Moreover, Satan and his archangel before his fall, Revelations 12, 7 until 11, know full well that Jesus Christ, as the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world, would become incarnated into a flesh body to redeem fallen Adam kind. After his expulsion from heaven, after failing to successfully assault the throne of God and place himself into the unegrated um, being of Yahweh, Satan uh, proceeded to make his assault upon the being of Adam kind. That is, he decided to incarnate himself into the seed of Adam and bring forth a counterfeit incarnation. Satan realizing that it was in God's plan to bring forth a seed of Adam's race by the grace of Jesus Christ through the atonement sought to bring forth a counterfeit seed line. Spurious bastard seed line (laughs) into the earth and then seek to identify his counterfeit bastard seed as being the true sons of God. After being totally unsuccessful in his assault against the being of the uncreated God, Satan, the arching, sought to make his in, um, intrusion into the being of Adam kind by cohabiting with Eve and incarnating himself into physical seed line. Hence, the seed of the serpent. And that is from Genesis 3.15. Right. So this is very clear. I mean, I don't think it could be written any more clearly than this, what the import of Genesis 3.15 is. However, there's still a lot of people who don't believe in the reality of Satan, right? I forget who who it was. It might have been Malcolm Muggeridge. It was one of those British uh, Judeo-Christians who said it, the, the, the biggest trick of Satan is to convince people that he does not exist, right? Okay. And so that, that includes, there's a lot of church people who don't believe he exists, and uh, there's a lot of, uh, what do you call it, secular people who don't believe Satan exists either, but they're wrong. They're absolutely wrong. All right, please continue. Yes, and as I said, the secular people, they... They don't care about God. They just care about their materialistic um, right. situation, I would say. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. And to that extent, you know, uh, Sheldon Emery is correct that the, the lust of the flesh controls these people, right? But that shouldn't control us. Our We should adapt ourselves to the word of Yahweh, to his commandments, statutes, and judgments, right? Not to the lusts of the flesh. All right, back to you. Yes, so uh, the seed plot of this book reveals what happened when Satan sought to successfully make his intrusion into the being of Adam, that is, mix his seed with that of Adam kind. Uh, Out of this unlawful, godless, and sinful act, we have original sin and the fall of Adam man taking place, and the 
awesome truth that by mixing his seed with a woman's woman Eve, mm. Satan was able to incarnate himself into a person called Cain. There you go. Well said. Cain was um, the bastard spurious seed, resulting from the cohabitation of Satan with woman Eve. Cain was uh, out of the order of kind after his kind, being fathered by an angelic kind and being born of a woman of Adam kind. Cain was therefore a product of a fallen being. He was out of his kind. He was the bastard seed of two different kinds of beings, angelic kind and idamic kind, which was in absolute and total violation of God's immutable law and uh, kind after his kind, outlined in Genesis uh, chapter 1, no less than 10 times. Right, yes. Well, that's interesting he should use the word 10 times because there's a passage in Scripture, oh, I think it's um, Chronicles, First uh, Chronicles, I believe, where it says, or, or uh, one of the earlier books, where it says, well, a bastard shall not enter into the kingdom of Yahweh. And of course, bastard means a mongrel. All right. Unto the tenth generation. I don't know if he's referring to that verse. Okay. So, and this suggests, and as already, as you were reading, already thinking about the concept of telegony, which has been proven scientifically that telegony does happen. It's true of mares, of cows, any species you can think of, including Adam kind that once a woman has conceived by uh, a person of another species, of another kind, that, uh, you know, obviously you're going to have a mongrel offspring, all right? However, her body has been polluted to such an extent that that future offspring will exhibit the uh, tendencies of the, the, uh, the false father, the false stud, as it were, okay? As maybe that's true up to 10 generations, but it's been proven you know, that the the second offspring after, uh, let's say, a zebra, a horse mates with a zebra, and the, the mare produces an offspring that has partially striped, you know, partial stripes on its body, okay? So that same mare, if it mates with a, a true horse, again, that offspring will still exhibit stripes. Okay? Every horse breeder, cow breeder, you know, dog breeder, they know this. But science has been trying to deny this for generations, but it has now been scientifically proven. And this is probably why um, Dr. Wesley Swift has stated that Eve had to have several gestations, and it looks like she had to have at least 10 gestations. To, uh, to, to rid her body of this foreign DNA from the, the foreign sire, okay? Uh, telegony is real, folks. There's no denying it. <laughs> it's real. It's been proven scientifically. Back to you, Michael. So can this also be the case why Abel had to, yeah, why he was murdered? Because he was infested with uh, maybe the, the genes from Cain. Well, that, that's possible, but I think... Yeah, it's it's possible, but uh, yeah, yeah, it depends on who was born first. It, everything indicates 
uh, was Abel born first or was Cain born first? Did we have to go into Cain, Genesis? Cain, I think, born first. Yeah. Okay. So if Cain was born first, that means that uh, Eve's womb was already polluted. But that does not mean that uh, Abel was evil, <laughs> right? Uh, it's, it's the luck of the draw, okay? So uh, that, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. We'd have to do a really serious study of genetics and, and see how that's transmitted. But there's, it's also true that our species, because of this act, had had to endure the fall, right? So our species is a fallen species because of this act, right? Doesn't mean we all have Jewish genes, but there, there is a, a, a remnant or something wrong with our people because ordinarily, if Adam and Eve had not sinned, there would be no sin in our species, right? There would simply would no, be no sin in our species. And that's what we're getting back to at the uh, restoration at the judgment day when those evil people and those evil genes will be wiped out completely, all right? So only pure, pure-blooded pure Israelites and pure-blooded species will get into the kingdom, all right? All right, back to you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, no, I don't think that Abel was evil in that sense, more that he was polluted. And right. isn't it also that after seven years, the all the cells and all the parts of your body has been replaced by new? So I That's think right. it was sometimes between Abel and Seth. So yes. then by that time, I think the womb has then been cleansed if it took uh, some certain amounts of years. Yes, yes. Well, that's that's a good point as well. I don't think anybody, uh, that's also called apoptosis. Apoptosis is your body's way of getting rid of dead cells, okay? So your immune system is supposed to do that. But if you're sick, if you're already sick, if you've taken a vaccination and the reason why people get the flu is because they pollute their bodies, right, with bad food and drugs and all that kind of stuff, that uh, apoptosis, it, it puts a huge burden on your immune system to get rid of all the junk in addition to the dead cells because these dead cells have to be eliminated by your immune system, right? And if you're constantly polluting your body with bad food, you're constantly in a state of a flu, you're, uh, a mild flu, Virtually constantly, all right? So this is why we have to stop polluting our bodies, right? Okay, back to you. Thank you. So the incarnation of Satan into a literal seed line, a seed of the serpent, brought forth a counterfeit bastard seed line, which would uh, seek to thwart every uh, uh, purpose and plan of God. This evil seed line would kill Abel, and all the prophets, and would slay the righteousness of every generation. They would always be seeking to assault the uh, godly seed line. Hence, they preceded Abraham into the promised land. When Abraham arrived, the Canaanites were already in the land. Genesis 12, verse 6. Satan would uh, seek to pass his counterfeit creation off as the true seed of Israel, that is, the seed of Isaac, generation Genesis 21, verses 12. And would uh, offer up this uh, spurious bastard seed line um, as the messianic people who would seek to exalt themselves above the true seed of Israel and would uh, speak, uh, seek to kill Jesus Christ. 
the true incarnated God. When this counterfeit bastard seed line named Jesus Christ the incarnated God upon the cross, they cried out, quote, his blood be on us and on our children. Just and as it was quote. upon just as it was upon Abel, <laughs> right? Abel's blood cries out from the ground for vengeance, folks. Don't forget that verse. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it, this verse you cannot dodge, really. Right. <laughs> when they say that it's on them, on their children. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's their bloodline. The Jews know who they are. It's just our people still have to figure that out. <laughs> that requires a lot of pain for them to do that. My God. Right. <laughs> Um, okay, Matthew twenty-seven twenty-five. In truth, the chief goal of Satan was to incarnate himself into a counterfeit seed line on this earth and thereby seek to circumvent the true incarnation of Jesus Christ, who was to come through the race of Adam, of the seed of Isaac, and the tribe of Judah, of the royal house of David. Satan sought to produce a counterfeit incarnation and destroy the true um, in uh, thousand uh, name uh, incarnator of God into flesh into the personage of Jesus Christ. For nearly six thousand years of history, this bastard counterfeit Satan has thought to uh, exalt itself as the true Satan of God on this earth. Hence, most ministers today call the Canaanite Jews the chosen people, when in truth they are the bastard counterfeit seed of Satan, out of the order of God, not being kind after his kind, but being a, but being of two distinct different orders of kind. And therefore, Jesus Christ, the good man, called, could truly say uh, to this counterfeit seed, Quote, every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted, place it in the, in this earth at creation, shall be rooted up. Mm-hmm. That is Matthew fifteen thirteen. We can therefore see why Jesus Christ did not try to c- convert this bastard spurious counterfeit seed line during Amen. his earthly ministry. Amen. It's a waste of time, <laughs> right? It's a waste of time. It is also to be understood why this spurious Canaanite Sina must ultimately be removed from this earth. And that is Zechariah 14, verse, verses 21. Yes. Okay, well, let me pick it up from here. And uh, Zechariah fourteen twenty one, continuing, to understand the Holy Bible, you must understand and confront the truth of Genesis three fifteen. The counterfeit seed line of Satan placed into this earth the embodiment of Satan himself into a physical seed line. This counterfeit seed line moved forth in history in the personage of Cain of Noah's day. This counterfeit seed line moved forth in the personage of Canaan who carried forth the bastard counterfeit seed line after the flood. Okay, so I think we need to talk about the flood. Because the vast majority of, of Judeos believe that the flood was global and would have wiped out the seed line of Cain. But that's not true. It was not global. 
the deluge was global. It rained all over the planet. But the level of flooding was different in different parts of the earth. It was especially bad in the area of uh, eastern Turkey, which is where the ark finally landed, okay, because there was also an upwelling of water from underground. And according to the Chinese records, uh, according to the Chinese astronomers' records, they said that the planet Mars had an erratic orbit, uh, and, and even after after the flood, had an erratic orbit. And the planet Mars came so close to the Earth, now they're on the opposite side of the Earth from us, right here in America, on the opposite, and they said the planet Mars came so close to the Earth that they could actually see that it had two moons. This is recorded in their astronomical records. The moons, Phobos and Nemos, were not discovered by telescope until, what, sometime in the 20th century, right? So because, uh, uh, But they knew that already. How, how could they have known that Mars had two moons unless they saw it with their own eyes, right? So you could uh, imagine the gravity pull of uh, planet Mars raising the water level at that point in the, sky, at that point in the Earth, plus the water being extracted from the planet Mars would have been tremendous. And all of the, all of the astronomers today tell us that Mars used to have lots of water. It has frozen water, at I think, at the southern pole. But you can see all the dried-up riverbeds that Mars used to have. Okay? That's, that's a scientific conclusion, <laughs> right? Of astronomy. Please, uh, here we go. Where, where did I leave off here? Noah, yeah, the flood of and, Noah. Um, go ahead. Um, and I guess we know this by the archaeological the records that is done by, example, the Chinese government, because they did exist, and you have in those old, old societies reference to the flood. Yes. Every society on the planet has a flood legend, which means they had to have survived the flood in order to have that legend, right? Okay. So th- that alone tells you the flood was not global. Okay. All right, let's continue. All right, from Cain forward to this very day, this counterfeit spurious seed line has sought to circumvent the true incarnation of Yahweh into flesh in the personage of Yahshua Messiah and open up a false way for man to walk. Yeah, a Jewish way. Today, the entire world wanders after his counterfeit spurious seed line and worships them as the chosen people of Yahweh, when in truth they are the Antichrist, Canaanite Jews, descended from Satan. Amen. <laughs> truth be told, in order to better understand how this counterfeit spurious seed line of Satan has been so successful in passing themselves off as the true seed of Adam, let us define the word counterfeit from the Random House Dictionary under the word counterfeit, quote, made in imitation, there's a L here, it doesn't belong there, it says limitation, but it should be imitation, made in imitation to be passed off fraudulently or deceptively as genuine, not genuine, forged, in terms of forgery, not in terms of forging a piece of metal, an imitation intended to be passed off as genuine forgery, oh, 
the protocols. <laughs> no, those are genuine, folks. The protocols are genuine. A copy or a close likeness to resemble, to simulate, to feign. Okay, so, so the experts at forgery claim that uh, the protocols are a forgery, folks. These Antichrist Canaanite Jews who say they are Judah, Revelation 2.9 and Revelation 3.9, and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan, claim to be the Messiah themselves. Yeah, we Jews, we are our own Messiah. We, we don't need no stinking Messiah. We, we are our own Messiah. They claim that their race constitutes the true Messiah of this earth, that the Jews themselves are the embodiment of the promised Messiah. They deny forthwith the incarnation of Yahweh and Yahshua Messiah and are by definition the Antichrists. Amen. 1 John 2, 22 and 23 and 2 John 1, 7. They do not accept Yahshua Messiah as the true anointed one, that is the Messiah, that was to come and redeem Israel and only Israel. There's no need for Messiah to redeem the earth because the earth did not have the Ten Commandments, or any part of the law. We're the only ones to whom the law was given, and therefore we're the only ones who, understanding it, could violate it. Okay, the true seed of the woman. Israel is the true seed of the woman, not the Jews. The Canaanite spurious seed of the serpent, the counterfeit seed line of Satan incarnated, call themselves the Messiah of this world, since they believe they will be the ultimate rulers of this world. The battle this day is between the children of light and the children of darkness. And this is the main theme of the uh, uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls. That's the main theme of the Dead Sea Scrolls is this battle between the children of light and the children of darkness. The counterfeit makes dark appear as light and evil appear as good. The cursed appear as the chosen. This counterfeit seed line has most ministers, I almost said sinners, <laughs> the, this counterfeit seed line has most sinister, most sinisters giving them chosen people status in almost every pulpit throughout the land. Surely we are a deceived people. It is therefore imperative that every Christian soldier of the Asher Messiah, there's a lot of typos in this document, clearly understand the event that took place in Eden, the Garden of God. Genesis 3.15 is the key that unlocks our understanding of Yahweh's word. You must understand how Satan, the fallen archangel, sought to circumvent the true incarnation and incarnate himself into a seed line in this earth by making his intrusion into the being of Adam kind. Well said. Satan, knowing that the true Messiah, Yahshua, would come through this seed line of Adam, sought to plant his own graft onto the Adamic root and thereby bring forth a spurious seed and prevent the coming of the true Messiah. Satan did incarnate himself into Cain, the counterfeit seed of the serpent, and for 6,000 years of history, this satanic counterfeit spurious seed line has sought to destroy the work of the true incarnation of Yahshua. By incarnating himself in Cain, Satan sought to move in advance of the true incarnation of God in the human flesh of Adamkind. And that's correct. Adamkind is the correct terminology, not mankind. And in so doing, Satan sought to destroy the work of Yahshua as kinsman redeemer to the true and genuine seed line of Israel. 
from the seed of Isaac, of the race of Adam kind. For almost 6,000 years, this spurious counterfeit seed line has moved forth in history to destroy the true work and purpose of Yahweh. Yahshua Messiah clearly traces this counterfeit seed line from his day back across 4,000 years of history to the man Cain, I think he meant to say 6,000 years of history, who was the beginning of this spurious bastard counterfeit seed of Satan. Carefully read the witness of Matthew 23, 29 through 35, and the witness of John 8, 22 through 47. In the mouth of these two apostles, the testimony of Yahshua Messiah traced the Jew Pharisees of his day back to their father Cain. Amen. That is a powerful verse, folks. Matthew 23, 29 through 35. Only by dealing with the two seeds of Genesis 3.15 can we hope to unlock the mystery of the word. For the war raged in heaven is now raging on the earth without a truce in almost 6,000 years of time, six days in Yahweh's time clock. Okay, that was chapter 1. All right, chapter 2, the law of the firstborn. So, Michael, why don't you pick it up in chapter 2? I don't know how far we'll get in chapter 2, but this is good stuff, folks. Really good stuff. Back to you, Michael. Yeah, it's very clearly written, also made very easy to understand. You can't dis- you cannot disregard it. Yes, yeah, very clearly written, except for the typos. <laughs> I, I don't, you can't blame Dan Gaiman for that. But, uh, yeah, some, some clearly bad typos in here. All right, the law of the firstborn, Michael. What is that? Thank you. Another extremely important law that relates to Genesis 3.15 is the law of the firstborn. The law of the firstborn is clearly outlined in the Holy Scriptures, and no understanding of Genesis 3.15 will be possible without understanding this immutable law. Cain was born first from the womb of the woman, Eve. Genesis 4, verses 1. The woman having been beguiled or deceived by Satan as an angel of light. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 14. Eve actually was deceived into believing that Cain was gotten, not begotten of God. When in truth, Cain was fathered by Satan, an angel who appeared in the exact manner described by Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Cain was gotten or acquired from another source than Adam. Cain was born first from the woman Eve, and having broken the matrix, claimed the right of firstborn. Exodus 13, verses 11 to 13. Even though he was not the firstborn of Adam, Cain is not uh, listed anywhere in Adam's um, genealogy. And this question you can ask people, but they, they, they are, I don't know, uh, I've asked some people about this, but hey, why can't you find Cain is Adam's um, genealogy? You see here in chapter, I think right. it's, it's a four or five in, in Genesis. They don't have an answer. Right, yeah. What is not said is just as important as what is said. <laughs> okay, right? It yes, does it not is. say that Adam was Cain's father. What exactly. don't you it yeah, it doesn't say it. But yet they assume it. Well, you're assuming that's something that's not spoken. Right? That's a problem. Okay. 
and not written in Bible. So why did they they made made it up? They make up yeah. this they shit. They made it up. That's right. So why is Cain missing from Adam's genealogy? Because Cain is not Adam's son. Genesis 4.25 declares that Seth, meaning substitute, had been appointed as another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain had slain. Seth was the firstborn from Eve's womb, but was not the firstborn of Adam. Abel, who was born right after Cain, Genesis 4.2, was Adam's seed. Cain was Spurious' seed of Satan. 1 John um, Chapter 3, 11-12. Uh, because Cain was born first from Eve's womb, he could lay claim to the right uh, of the firstborn. And the di- uh, dialogue of Genesis 4, verses 6-15, to is a direct result of Cain's um, seeking to lay claim to the rights of the firstborn under the law of the firstborn. The reason Cain was allowed to remain on earth without being killed was twofolded. First, by being born first from the womb of Eve, Cain claimed the right of the firstborn. And second, if Cain had been killed, the consequence of sin, original sin, would have been eliminated without sacrifice as per the law of God. Man would have been not only free to sin, but free from the consequences of his sin. Thus, Cain had to be preserved. Um, Cain was hybrid out of kind son of Satan Cain was a bastard seed resulting from the woman Eve Adam kind and Satan angel kind the law of kind after his kind the first law of creation named ten times in Genesis 1 had been broken Adam man and the Adam kind woman Eve were free to choose between good and evil between obedience and disobedience They were not free to escape the consequences of their sin. The counterfeit bastard seed of Cain was the result of original sin in the Garden of Eden. Satan has sought to circumvent the true incarnation of Jesus Christ by grafting his own seed onto the pure Adamic racial rootstock and thus prevent Jesus Christ also coming forth uh, from this Adamic racial root. For being born. Remember, the virgin birth was absolutely necessary in order for Jesus Christ as the second Adam to graft back into the true holy root of the white Adamic racial root stock. A grafting of pure Adamic seed um, procured without procreation and thus enable a new creation of the old Adamic root to be grafted on and thus enabled by the incarnated God, Jesus Christ, to begin a new creation in uh, this earth from the old Adamic stock. This is the true meaning behind the miracle of the virgin birth. Cain, having been born first, thought to claim uh, the right of the firstborn, that is, inherent the a dominion of this earth because he was not born without the law uh, of kind after his kind. Cain was dis, disinherited from the birthright, disinherited 
Kane was a bastard, mamster, mongrel, out of kind, be, uh, being or seed. As such, he uh, could never enter into the congregation of the eternal God. Deuteronomy 23, verses 2. Because Satan sought uh, to get his seed into the earth as the firstborn of the Adamic creation. The firstborn was subsequent passed over by God in all critical times of history. And we find that Seth and not Cain was chosen. It was Isaac and not Ishmael that counted for the true seed of Ab- Abraham. It was Jacob and not Esau that received the right of the firstborn under the election of God. See Genesis 25 verse 23 and Romans 9 verses 10 to 14. It was Joseph and not Reuben, the firstborn, that received the double portion from the dying Jacob. It was Phares and not Sarah, the firstborn, who received the birthright. It was Ephraim and not Manasseh, the firstborn, who received the birthright, as recorded in Genesis 48. The only way that you can ever account for God choosing the secondborn is um, preference to the firstborn is because Cain, being born first from the womb of Eve, had placed a sin upon Adam's race, and not until the second Adam, Jesus Christ, was born of the Virgin Mary, was the curse lifted. Okay, very good. I never thought of it that way, but that's good. Yes, it is. And it's, uh, I didn't think about it either, but that is that Jesus Christ is the one, that's that's why they say this, uh, then the new creation, the new, yeah, uh, the new Adam will be born out of him because right. he then, uh, he lifts that sin. Yeah, so this, uh, that, well, we know, for example, that Eve's womb was cursed already in Genesis chapter 3, okay? Uh, that uh, her womb would be cursed with painful childbirth and shame and all the rest of it. And uh, I wonder if menstruation <laughs> was part of that curse too. Anyway, so her womb was already cursed in Genesis chapter 3 before Abel was born. So Genesis chapter 4, 1 simply records the birth first of Cain and then Abel. Yeah, so her, her womb was already cursed before Abel was born. Okay, so... Abel's body had to pick up some of that curse in some way, right? Not, not that it's uh, the, how should I put this? Uh, not, he had, not that he had the same genetics as Cain, but, uh, but maybe he avoided the direct seed of uh, Nachash. Nevertheless, Eve's womb was already polluted, and therefore the, the, the seed of Abel, well, maybe that's why Abel had to die too, Right? Maybe, but we know that Cain killed Abel because he was expecting to be the one and only heir as the elder son, right? So this is a complicated story, folks. <laughs> right? All right, Michael, please please continue. Yes, thank you. So Jesus Christ, as the last Adam, was without mother or and without father, having neither beginning nor ending of days. Hebrews seven verses three. And was the beginning of a new creation from the old Adamic stock. Jesus Christ took on the seed of Abraham, Hebrews 2, verse 16, and began a new new creation from the old Adamic stock. Cain represented the first fruit from the womb of Eve. 
and Jesus Christ, the firstborn male, born without sin, by means of the virgin birth, was the new first fruit from the new creation of the new grafting made onto the old Adamic root by the virgin born incarnate God. Jesus Christ, as the firstborn of the blessed Virgin Mary, Jesus Christ was the firstborn male born without sin in the lineage of the uh, of Adam's race. Jesus Christ was very good and, and very man. Jesus Christ alone could thus be the perfect sacrifice for sin, ordinal sin, and our actual sin. Jesus Christ was the firstborn male to be born without ordinal sin in Adam's race. Every member of Adam's race after the fall was born with sin. Read Romans 5, verses 12. Jesus Christ, by circumventing uh, procreation and being born of the Virgin Mary, had entered into the world without sin as the firstborn male of Adam's race. This is the real miracle and necessity of the virgin birth. Satan's effort to... Yeah. So could that sin be telegony to some extent? Right? Yeah. Does, does telegony, That's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Does telegony carry on? You know, that would also explain why Esau was evil. Right? So it's the luck of the draw. It's the luck of the genetics, whether you, uh, th- that evil seed is floating around. <laughs> right? Because I know Pastor Martin's insisted that Rebecca must have had sex with some other person besides Isaac. And I said, well, it doesn't say that, you know, th- that's just an assumption you're making. So I prefer, you know, to not assume things. Uh, I just go with the biblical record, you know, but there was definitely something wrong with Esau. He was a bad seed. No doubt about it. All right. Back to you. Yes, it was. So the lineage of Satan, Cain, Conan represent a, spur- a spurious bastard, counterfeit seed line in this earth that is not of God's planting. Matthew 15, verse 13. This evil seed line, the tares of Matthew 13, will be totally destroyed when God judges the earth the second time by, f- by fire and the tares, the spurious seed of Satan, the Canaanites, will be removed from the presence of God forever. Right. Zechariah 14, verse 21. Well, isn't it interesting that the Jews, the seed of Cain, are trying to destroy our race by fire, right? Using directed energy weapons, you know, causing all these forest fires, which are not really forest fires because they don't burn trees. They melt aluminum hubcaps, (laughs) right, or or wheels, right, and disintegrate plastic and glass while the, uh, the cars and buildings are absolutely disintegrated to a, a flat uh, pile of dust while the trees around the buildings remain standing, unburnt. Okay? So it's obvious they're using sophisticated technology to kill us with fire, a fire that doesn't burn vegetation. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting, folks? Okay, back to you. We have about five minutes left. The true idamic seed line descending from Seth by the... Uh, um, appropriation of the blood of Jesus Christ represent a new recreated seed of Adam with ac- access to the tree of life. Jesus Christ has purchased by his own blood eternal life for us. 
through Adamic seed, who were doomed to death. This is what the true incarnation of God in Jesus Christ has accomplished. As Christians of the true seed of Adam, particularly of the seed of Isaac, Genesis 21 verses 12, let us this day appropriate the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the perfect sacrifice for sin. Both original sin and our actual sin, Adam's race was buried from the tree of life until Christ came and opened the way back. Jesus Christ got the victory over death and the grave uh, and the sentence of death uh, levered against all Adam kind is now lifted if we repent and appropriate his blood. The death angel will see uh, the blood at, at Passover. In Jesus Christ, the serpent has been crushed and very shortly the head of the serpent will be bruised on the heel of everlasting judgment. Amen. You, as a white Christian of the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, redeemed by the firstborn from the dead, Jesus Christ now understands the meaning of Genesis 3.15. You, by the grace of God, now have to keep uh, to unlock the Bible. You have to understanding as to the meaning of Genesis 3.15. May you use this knowledge to the glory of Jesus Christ and his kingdom, or God will curse you in your sin. <laughs> right? Yeah, made it. Chapter 3, or should we conclude it here and continue next time? Yeah, why don't we just conclude it here, uh, and we'll go into Chapter 3 next week. Uh, but this reminds me of the first atomic explosion, which of course was concocted by the communist Jew Oppenheimer, okay, part of the Manhattan Project, and encouraged by the communist Jew Einstein and, and other Jews who wanted this weapon developed so that it, they could use it against us, right? That's, that's what that was all about. Uh, there was a race because the Nazis were working on the bomb too, so were the Japanese. So the Jews had to push hard to make sure they got the bomb before anybody else did, right? Even so, uh, the, even though Oppenheimer and Einstein were involved in the Manhattan Project, the the, the Israeli state did not was not able to get their hands on the technology. And one of the reasons why the Israeli state murdered JFK is because he refused to give the Jews this technology, right? So they had to murder him to get it. But there was also one other thing. A lot of scientists objected to uh, creating a chain reaction because they feared that the chain reaction might never end, right? And would destroy the entire planet, right? That was one of the fears. But so, no, we do. We have to have. We have to have this bomb because we can use it to put instill fear into the planet of the people of the planet, and that's what they've been doing ever since, right? Now they've got even more sophisticated weapons. They don't need to bomb. Directed energy weapons are just as deadly. And they can pretend that it's natural causes, right? Oh, it's just a wildfire. No, it's not a wildfire, folks. It's a controlled chain reaction using directed energy weapons. That's how they do it, folks. 
this this knowledge has to be shared with the world. All right, brother, very good, excellent job. And you know we'll we'll end it for today, and uh, you'll see you next time, uh, brother Michael. Okay. Thank you very much, Eli. All right. Y'all bless you all. Yeah, yeah, yeah bless. Bye bye. Okay, Michael, I'm going to switch over to the Telegram uh, feed. And then, like we said, we'll just get back to this next week, okay? Okay. Oh, very good, Eli. Thank you yeah, for today. Yeah, okay, very good. Uh, but I have to remind you, we're going to have a slight time change next Sunday. I'll, I'll keep you informed about that, okay? That sounds good. Okay. Right. Very Goodbye good. Bye for okay. now. Bye. Okay. Bye. Good stuff. Good stuff by Dan Gaiman. All right, uh, let me just jump back in here into the uh, Telegram chat. Okay, so anybody care to have a a question or comment here before I I close out the show 100%? Hi, Eli, can you hear me? Yes. Hi, Jenny. Okay. Hi. Um, Hi. I really appreciate all your stuff. I've been listening to for almost three years now, so. Very good. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. You mentioned. Yeah. You mentioned um, just Israelites being careful about addictive, you know, right. um, legal and illegal. Um, right. I wonder, yeah. I wondered if you felt like um, that included caffeine with, you know, the demons that, you know, does that put, does that make 